How is it, everyone? That was astonishing, wasn't it? You know what? God is doing amazing things in this place. And uh, we had an awesome time in Inverness. Um, Neil was with me, um, uh, and uh, Neil was leading worship um, with um, Pastors Owen and Kate still away. They uh, are doing safari in Africa for three weeks, which is phenomenal, isn't it? Just really... Uh, that's just, uh, Kate spent a lot of her childhood in Africa and she wanted to take the kids and it's just one of those kind of lifetime adventures. So um, they decided to go and do three weeks in Africa and, and uh, real, real kind of breakthrough for them as a family uh, to be able to just uh, do that. And it's a privilege for us as a church to be able to support the congregation there and to see God doing it. And the presence of God just came through and touched people's lives. There was one lady who, uh, she was still in bed. The service starts at 10.30. She was still in bed in pain at 20 past 10. And her husband said to her, come on, I reckon we can make it. And, uh, and, uh, and she goes, oh, it'll be too late. And he goes, it's never too late. And she, uh, she came to the service. She got there about um, about 5 to 11, um, just as worship is drawing to a close, and she get in, and uh, the Spirit of God just touched her in the ministry time, and she was just so refreshed, and just pain left her body, and the Spirit of God just came upon her. Isn't that amazing? You know, well, I, I want to tell you, 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 you know, when you make a strong decision, strong things happen in your life. And uh, she really just, you know, that was, it's, you know, and I, and I just want to say to you, if you're with someone who's discouraged, take a strong decision and encourage them to do something good. Because often we feel like just not doing stuff, but people come around you and say, come on, we can do this. And that's really important that you make those decisions and you really encourage those people who are just feeling weak. We're um, going through our Freedom Series and uh, the Freedom Series, for me, it really doesn't feel like a series because I don't really think this is a series in itself which is going to end. That the subject itself will come to an end as we draw to a close at the end of August. But I really think that we're unlocking something new in the Holy Ghost. That God is doing something fresh in this house that the Spirit of God is moving upon us in a fresh and powerful way. And I know that the Holy Spirit wants to do something in this congregation. Amen? Amen. You know, there has been something very powerful has been unlocked. We've seen God touch people's lives. We've seen uh, close friends came to us after church on Sunday, just absolutely overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's touched them in fresh ways. And, uh, you know, I, I want you to know that, that God is turning up in people's lives. And it's not just happening on a Sunday night. It's not just happening on a Sunday morning. It's happening seven days a week. People are phoning us up and saying, God met with me. I want you to know when you talk about the Holy Spirit and you start inviting Him to be a part of your everyday, He is one of those guests that kind of just gets in your face and up your nose. He, 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 we talk about the Holy Spirit being a gentleman. He is kind of. He is also really, He gets inside your personal space. You invite Him into your house and He comes and opens the fridge door. He's the type 
type of guest that, that walks into your bedroom. He, he's the type of guest that, that's kind of, he's in your space. He, he, he'll, he'll be in the toilet with you, I'm afraid. <laughs> he's that kind of guest. <laughs> he's the type of guest that is in your space. He's, he's in your mind and he, He's in every part of your life. And that's the thing with the Holy Spirit. You invite Him in. He doesn't need a second invitation. He doesn't go, oh, no, it's all right. No, it's, it, no I, I mean, I'm sure you're busy. No, it's a, will you come, Holy Spirit? It's all right, I'm already there. That's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He, he, he gets around your life. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 16 to 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You see... We've been looking about where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Well, where is the Spirit of the Lord? There is liberty. There is freedom wherever He is. And it says in the beginning of this verse, but whenever someone turns to the Lord. And I want to speak to you about the turning of the heart. The turning of the heart. You see, how the heart turns determines how your life turns and the events that unfold from there on in. When Cheryl and I planted this church many years ago, we, very early into our ministry, um, we were invited to a couple's house who were having problems with marriage. And and I I want you to know that, you know, as a pastor, we've often been asked to help and oversee many, many different life issues. You kind of have to be the type of person, you you have to have the confidence to look like you know what you're doing in any situation. And uh, we've had people that come to you for financial advice, they come for relational advice, they come to you. And so I've had people, I've had people knock on the door and want me to sort out their wounds after an accident. They've already been to the hospital, now they're coming to me. And I'm looking at them thinking, well, I mean, you know, I've got the mindset of cuts and bruises. You know, the cut, if there's a gaping wound, put a plaster on it. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> I once cut, I badly cut my hand on a flight, actually, in a BA flight. And, and they, when I landed, they said, they said, we're going to get an ambulance. I'm like, give me a break. I'm not going in an ambulance with a cut finger. It's kind of, it's like there's a reputation. Sorry, Cheryl, I spat all over you. It's not the first time. As I get older, it definitely won't be the last. (laughs) Particularly when I start losing my teeth. I'd cut my finger on a BA flight and they were going to get the they were going to get the ambulance to meet me and uh, they gave me this finger and I had to fill in a questionnaire. Are you still alive? Literally, the first question. Are you still alive? <laughs> it's great. <Yeah. laughs> How much compensation if I say no? <laughs> and uh, so, so they and then they were gonna and so they were gonna get and I was gonna have to go and I was flying home. I've been speaking in London 
And uh, talking about speaking in different parts, I was in Inverness this morning here tonight. Well, on that Sunday, I was in, I was in London in the morning and I was speaking Aberdeen at night. And so I'm flying home and, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to church. I'll be fine, you know. And, uh, so, and, the, and it should have been stitched or something. So anyway, I'd heard they use glue. And I'm like, I've got super glue. <laughs> So I just super glued it. It was brilliant. And it, and it kind of worked until I bent my finger. And then when the glue, where the glue had stuck, it just split further up. So I just used more glue. If you just keep gluing, eventually it's not going to bend. It's like, and, uh, so when someone comes to me and asks, what can I do? I have glue. I mean, I can... You know, so it's amazing how people come to you for advice and things. But here was a couple that had come to us and they had wanted advice to do with their marriage because they wanted to separate. Now, the agony of people's lives is dreadful when they want of people that want to separate. And there's many, many reasons why marriages fail. Marriages fail for, because of financial pressure. They fail because uh, of all kinds of uh, personality issues. They fail because people uh, betray one another. They fail for many reasons. But this couple, they weren't actually looking for advice. They were just looking for kind of our approval, I think it was, because they just didn't, it just were bored. I couldn't think of anything that was wrong with the marriage. I'm looking at it going, I don't get it. I just don't understand what's wrong. But they were just bored. And you know what the problem was? Their heart had turned. They just, they'd made a decision. Their heart had turned this way. Their heart had turned. And I, and I, what, I was young in ministry and not really... I was struggling to find the words to say that's possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But the decisions they made resulted in an overflow of disaster from there on in. Their life then became agony and more agony and more agony because they made a decision in the heart when the heart turns. Turn with me, will you, (laughs) to Deuteronomy Chapter 30, if you've got your Bibles or your iPads, your telephones, we're going to get it up on the screen here. Deuteronomy 30, uh, verse 9. I'm reading from the New King James today. The Lord your God, Deuteronomy 30, verse 9. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your land. Everyone say abound. Abound. That's a good word, isn't it? I'm going to abound today, Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) wake up in the morning good morning Cheryl I'm abounding today I'm going to abound down the stairs and I'm going to abound back with a cup of tea the Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand in the fruit of your body in the increase of your livestock in the produce of your land for good the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in the book of his law and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul You know, the most powerful action you can make in your life without exception is the turning of your heart. 
Almost everything that we have in life is as a result of how our heart turns. Now, here's the thing. There are key foundational thoughts and values which we hold on to in life. And for most of us, we are able to cling on to those values without letting them go. You with me here? You haven't suddenly gone somewhere? (laughs) We hold on to sort of key values, but in holding on to them, sometimes we question them. Sometimes we wonder why we're holding on to them. Sometimes there are many struggles we go in in life. Sometimes you may have wondered in your faith in God. Sometimes you're going through a hard time. I believe in you, God, but I don't know why. (laughs) And you question your faith You have a faith, you just don't know why you have a faith. You're questioning, and what's going on in all of your life is your heart turns, and it turns, and it turns, and it turns this way. We can turn, our heart can turn towards things in life. We can turn our heart towards decisions that lead us away from God. We don't really think about them as decisions that lead away from God. We may, it may just be a decision about the friends that we have. It can be a decision about the things that we do. We don't even know that that will cause a secondary result is that it causes us to spend less time with God. And you know what? Sometimes it can just be a decision about where you live. I've had friends who've been close friends and loving Jesus and they've been in the house that they just move just that distance away from the church that makes coming to church more difficult. And because it made more difficult, their, their heart at some point in that gap between here and where they lived, their heart turned and their faith cooled. It's incredible about what happens with your heart, the decision of your heart. You have to make decisions in your life about where your heart is going to turn. And you know, you have your heart turning is what causes everything else to break through. It turns in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 15. I want you to see this. Deuteronomy 13, 30, verse 15. So we're just going on a few more verses. He says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And in that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply, that the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that I will sh- you will surely perish and you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. You see, we spend a lot of our time wondering why stuff happens. But everything happens around us. Stuff happens around us that's nothing to do with us. But the direction of our life is driven by the choices of our heart. Who's with me here? The choices of our heart. Where our heart turns. And where your heart turns, it says, in Deuteronomy it says, See I set before you life and good, death and evil. You see, life and good is what came from God. 
Death and evil is what came from the heart of man as he turned away from God. And now God is saying, listen, you put this stuff here. Now you're going to have, you created the mess. Now you're going to have to choose to be able to to navigate around it. But because it's always, it's going to be there. It's not going to go away just suddenly. You can't just make this stuff go away. Now you're going to have a choice. And every day we wake up with a choice. Which way does our heart turn? But we don't make a choice and go, you know, I've never met anyone who wakes up and goes, do you know what? Sunday was amazing with Jesus. I'm going to see how good a day I can have with the devil. I've never met anybody who goes that, who goes, you know what? Jesus was good. I wonder how good the devil is. And nobody decides to just go, I'm going to have a bad, I'm going to have an awesome day with the devil. Well, there might be some people who decide, but they haven't got a relationship with Jesus. That's, that's for sure. I mean, there are some people who just think the devil's awesome, but, you know, we don't know why, but they do. But here's the thing. People don't decide to walk away from God. They don't decide to drift. But I want you to know there are decisions in our heart that just causes us to drift. It's actually called the law of the drift. The, the amount of dis- every decision you make causes you to drift. And the decision, the drift that you carry, you pass on to the next generation. And that generation have drifted more. There are values which we hold as parents that we grew up with, our parents had, that we made a choice to just drift away from, that our kids don't even understand that there was even a debate over. And so that there is a, it's just called the law. Society has changed, has drift, there's a drift. It's called the law of the drift. You don't choose to end there, you just find yourself there. But what happened, you, you didn't know that it was going to be there. But when the heart turns, you see, this is the issue of life. We think we're in control of our life, but we're only in control of where our heart turns. There are currents of life that carry us. We um, had uh, Chaz's stag do last uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday last week. And um, we were feeling the pain of it last Sunday. I'm still feeling the pain of it today. I still I have some awesome bruises uh, from paintballing. And, uh, but uh, Chaz, Joe, uh, Manuel, and uh, who else? It was somebody else. Andy uh, decided to go swimming in the river. It was a men's day, so they manly swam in the river. They were just in their boxes. And, it was, uh, and uh, so they, just, they decided to just go. <laughs> Manuel's embarrassed now, but he's a fine strapping man. Oh, Chaz, did you go swim? No, you didn't go swim. Who was it? It was Neil, wasn't it? And uh, so um, I knew it was a big person, that's all. <laughs> In my mind, they were just big, you know. And uh, so <laughs> and uh, so they decide to go swimming in the river. And here's the thing. They were looking at the river, deciding whether it was safe enough to jump in. You know, you're looking at it. It's quite high embankment. Do I jump in or not? How shallow? It looks deep, but it might not be. So they're kind of sizing up, and they look out, and there's a dog, a black spaniel, has jumped into the river, got caught in the stream in the middle of the river. It's a big, wide river, the River Dee, um, down at uh, Peter Cooter, and the dog just goes like this, straight down the river. You just see the dog go, and the dog swims out, swims out, swims out, catches the current, 
straight down. You're like, whoa, look at that dog go. You can see the owners going, come back, come back. And there's the dog sort of paddling towards the bank, but it's sort of going gradually in a very fast southerly direction. It's sort of a, <laughs> or, uh, which way does it go? Easter. Uh, it goes in an easterly direction, doesn't it? So it's just sort of, whoa, as it goes down. And so they're watching, they're looking, and the, so the idea was they're going to jump into the river, and then they're going to see if they can swim upstream. But where they were jumping into the river, there was a further, there was a j- chunk of the bank, so the, the current wasn't flowing as strong. So they jump in, and they're kind of swimming as hard as they can upstream. But as, they, as Neil had tried, has he just stretched out beyond? He just went beyond. And the current caught him. And away he goes. And suddenly he has to swim in again to just come into the easier waters. I I see that what happens is our heart turns, but we don't understand the power of currents that carry us away. And what happens in our life is that we have to make decisions about turning of the heart. Now, here's a thing that I want you to understand. We know that there are foolish decisions which can turn our heart away from God. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, I place before you today life and good. I need you to understand the power of the current of the Holy Spirit, the river that flows from the throne of God, is far more powerful than the current that leads you away from Him. There is a current of decision. I turn my heart toward God. You see, how does how does people be how do people get blessed when they haven't done anything? Well, they just simply turn their heart and the current did the rest. You turn your heart toward God and the river of the current will sweep you away. You get caught up. It says here, let me read it to you again. It says, See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. I command you to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways. And to keep his commands and his statutes and his judgments. It says in Proverbs 4 and 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. See, what is in your heart, what you carry in your heart, the decisions of your heart, reveals the issues that you have. We, used, we don't use that word so much now. It was fashionable for a, a few years, wasn't it? Issues. But people would just be having stuff and we would turn to each other and go, issues. And uh, that, would be, that would be the word which described everybody else's attitudes. Issues. And, uh, and so it was just, you've got issues. And, but out of the, your heart is where your issues flow. It's what flows out of you. And here, I want you to see that the heart, where the heart turns. You see, it's your heart that has the stuff that is going on around you. But here's the thing. We don't have to live with stuff. We can live with spirit. If we turn our heart into the river of the Holy Spirit, we turn our heart into His river, then what happens is what flows out of our heart are the things of God. I remember walking the dog. I, I, I don't know how many times I've used that statement while preaching. Uh, walking the dog. Because I, when I walk the dog, I spend time with Jesus and the dog. And uh, more Jesus, less dog. Sometimes it's more dog, less Jesus. But 
It just depends on the occasion, what she's doing, and uh, that kind of thing, you know. So, so you've got to keep an eye on the dog, and, and, uh, but most of the time I've no idea where she is at all. And I'm just walking, and I'm walking, I'm walking down the road, and I can still see the point on the road where, I, where I'm going, um, still quite close to the houses. I haven't got far from home, and I can just hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, Kevin, turn your heart toward me. Now, here's the thing. I didn't realize my heart wasn't turned toward him. But that's because of drift. See, our heart drifts and we don't even know it's drifted. You turn your heart towards all kinds of cares. We have all kinds of challenges. Church life is, is like any other kind of life. The, 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 you know, we still have to pay the electricity bill. We still have to fix the leaky roof. You know, he said, well, I don't. Paul does, you know. <laughs> Which is fine. Paul? There <laughs> he goes. Yeah, well, there are other things we can... I mean, I can patch it, but there are other things we do need to do. Yeah, okay. So that life has stuff in it, all right? Just normal stuff. It's not good, it's not bad, it's just stuff. But stuff can clutter and cause your heart to get distracted and cause you to drift. Your heart drifts. And I'm walking down the road and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, Kevin, turn your heart toward me. And I just remember, I remember, and it was a critical point because this was the same time that Cheryl got a word about these three prayer meetings. That we did three midnight prayer meetings. And I, I, I need you to understand the Holy Spirit is pouring His Spirit. There is something which is going to sweep through the house. It's sweeping. I felt his presence in Inverness like I've never felt before. God is doing something very powerful. I need you to know that there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit moving upon the church in a fresh way. He says, turn your heart toward me. And I just remember just thinking, making that sort of mechanical thought in my brain. I'm giving my heart toward God. Then this thought says, if I turn my heart toward him, what does that mean? What more will I do if my heart is turned toward him than I do already? I mean, I I think I'm a good Christian. I mean, the pastor of a church, I've got to be as good as possible. I might get found out otherwise. I mean, you can't be a pastor and not good. You get caught, right? It's like you've got to be good. You've got to give your life to Jesus every day. It's like it's a risky place to stand otherwise. And so I'm thinking... My life is good. But Jesus says, turn your heart toward me. And so I'm standing there, I'm thinking, if I turn my heart, what is it that he wants of me that I haven't given already? What what else does he want? But I just remember thinking, I don't really know what the demand is, but I know that the invitation is not negotiable. It's a non-negotiable request. It's either yes or no. Choose life or choose death. It's a choice. It was simple as that. Turn your heart toward me. But if you don't turn your heart toward me, then then really what you're saying is, I'm going to do life alone, but pretend I'm doing it with you. This thought's going through my brain thinking, this is ridiculous. I don't... How does this even work? I I thought we were okay. And here I am, and I'm going, Jesus, you know who I am. I turn my heart toward you. 
I'm not living lukewarm, insipid, weak, pathetic, lily-livered, as my mother used to say, <laughs> as an old one boy, just lily-livered. My mum would go, I know what they need, a jolly good slippery. <laughs> her, her problem for all world's issues was to give someone a good slippering, put them over her knee and slipper them, that would sort them out. All terrorists. <laughs> she would just give them a jolly good thrashing. <laughs> she gave us jolly good thrashing many a time, generally with a stick, hairbrush, or a slipper. Actually, anything she could grab. <laughs> and God, He gives us a choice. Choose Him. So I remember making that choice and choosing Him. The Bible says in Psalm 42, verse 6, it says, Psalm 42, actually verse 7, it says this, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. See, here's the thing about turning a heart toward God. The Bible says deep calls unto deep. See, when you turn your heart toward God, you, turn, you don't just turn into a river, you turn into a waterfall. The, Niag- the Niagara Falls that divides Canada and America, they say that the pool at the bottom of the Niagara Falls is 300 metres deep. That's a long way, by the way. At 300 metres, that's close on 1,000 feet. That's a long pool. That's a deep. That's deep. The Bible says, "Deep calls unto deep." You see, when you turn, when you when you turn your heart, this, this here's a here's a key for the move of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Not just on a Sunday night experience, but on a Monday morning walk to work when you're just just doing normal stuff and you want God's presence to carry you through. You want His wisdom speaking into your ear. You want that decision making about what you do and what you don't do. And here is this, this voice of the Holy Spirit. Turn toward me. Deep calls unto deep. And we get caught into the billows, the waterfall. The power of the Holy Spirit draws us into the deep waters of His presence. I, I want you to know there, there is powerful things in the deep waters of the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. If you've ever gone swimming in deep waters, you know when you're out of the shallows and you're in waters which are way beyond the depth of your feet, you sense the presence of being something that you are no longer kind of, you're safe because you can swim, but you know that there is a risk. I, I want you to know that when, when we turn into the presence of God, we're no longer in control, but we are in His presence and He is the one who's holding us up. Deep calls unto deep. The Holy Spirit wants you to turn your heart toward Him, to turn your heart towards the Spirit of God and just saying, God, I, I give you my heart. I I want you to understand that the river, the current of the river, wants to bless the work that you're involved in. Some of you may be struggling with your work. You may be wondering whether you're going to be made redundant. 7,000 people made redundant. They say 2016 looks um, pretty bad. 2017 doesn't look much better. That that was one of the reports. Well, I don't listen to the report of the world. Whose report do you listen to? We listen to the report of the Lord. This is the report of the Lord. 
Lord, we are blessed. We are blessed, we are blessed. The Bible says you will be blessed in your work. What does that mean? It means when I turn my heart toward him, he carried me away on blessings upon which I have no control over. My children are blessed. The work of my hand is blessed. My future is blessed. My inheritance is blessed. My families are blessed. My church is blessed. My nation is blessed because I turn my heart toward God. I I want you to know that that the Holy Spirit, he, He wants you to turn your heart toward Him. It's just quite simple, really. Why don't you why don't we just stand up, shall we? Let's have the keys. I want you to know that. Poverty and failure and heartbreak is broken off those who turn their heart toward God. If you've never, if you don't know who I am, and maybe you're looking and you're saying, oh, you know what, I've heard people say, just speak positive stuff. I'm not speaking positive stuff, I'm speaking truth. Out of the testimony of my own life. I experienced extreme failure in my own strength. I was a rebel at school. I failed magnificently. I have known weakness and I was grew up in extreme poverty. But I found that God was in the midst of all of my disasters, my family's disasters. All of our sickness, all of our trial. And this were his words, turn your heart toward me. And as I turned my heart toward God, as I saw my family turn their heart toward God, so God did a miracle in my life, in my family's life, in my parents' life. Miracle upon miracle as he began to lift us out of that which had come to destroy us. Like a curse. Sometimes you feel like you just curse. It's an old-fashioned word. We don't like to use it these days. It sounds too mystical. But it defines a spiritual force of strength against us upon which we have no control. But the Holy Spirit, he wants you to know that every curse is broken off your life. Every force in life that is leading you to heartache and disaster is broken when you turn your heart toward God. The power of it is broken. We may live through the events of it, but we live above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. The Holy Spirit leads us into triumph. Holy Spirit, I pray, come into this place. I believe there are people here today, some of you are in this place, and and you really feel like you have wrestled with just disappointment. I want to give you the encouragement, turn your heart toward God. And He will lead you through the valley. The Bible says in Psalm 23 Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil It doesn't say 
though I was picked out of the valley of the shadow. He says, I, I walked through it. Here's the thing. The valley of the shadow of death is there to capture, not to travel through. But the psalmist just walked through it. We can go through tough times, but God carries us through it because His presence is greater and the tide and current of His blessing is far more powerful than those things which work against us. Holy Spirit, I pray, come into this house. Let everyone know the power of your liberty. And I break off the words of the enemy. I break off the words of the occult. Some people here, I sense you've been involved in occultic practices. You've played with some of those things. Played with cards. You've been influenced by manipulative and controlling people. And I just want you to know that the love of Jesus Christ reigns supreme. He reigns supreme over your heart and soul. And He says to you today, come to me. Turn your heart to me and everything will be broken. Turn your heart to me and everything will be broken. You will be set free. Some of you are just wrestling with just very everyday stuff. It's not spiritual, it's not supernatural, it's just stuff. You're wrestling and it grinds you down and the Holy Spirit says, turn your heart toward me. Turn your heart toward me. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this place and I say, sweep through this house and touch each person as we push in toward your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for your great grace. And every assignment that was commissioned by the enemy shall falter, stumble, and fall. And every covenant of blessing power shall be caught up in the river of the Holy Spirit that flows through this house. For the Lord says there is a river that flows through this place. It is a river of covenant blessing, blessing your marriage, blessing your work, blessing your children, blessing your inheritance, blessing your purpose, blessing your destiny, blessing your dreams, blessing what you lay your hand upon, blessing your neighbors as you pray for them. And you turn your heart. When you turn your heart, I thank you, Holy Spirit. If you want more of God, why don't you just, we're just going to close in just two minutes. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to just come in. If you want more of Him, why don't you just open up your arms and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and just touch each person in this place with a fresh... If you want to know Him in a more powerful and intimate way, if you want to know what it's like to have His presence as you go to sleep at night, as you wake in the morning, Ask the Holy Spirit to be there with you. 
and He will come. For those of you who are not sleeping at night, those of you who are waking up with strong, horrific dreams, ask for the Holy Spirit. I break off your life right now, those dreams. There's just some people here struggling with dark dreams. Turn your heart toward the Holy Spirit. And ask for His presence to fill your life. Holy Spirit, come upon them now. Those people who are not sleeping. Let a spirit of rest come upon their soul. Let the heart turn toward you. And for those who are wrestling with decisions for their life, let them make strong decisions of faith as they turn toward you and not toward the world, not towards friendships which pull them away, not towards places that will lead them away, not towards media that will distract them, Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is on your case and he's saying turn your heart toward me thank you Jesus thank you Jesus yeah in Jesus name amen amen If anybody wants me to pray for them, I'm quite happy.